0: Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. Welcome to the Press Row. Behind the scenes stories from the world of sports media. Press Row. Inside and interviews from around the sports world. Now, here's your host, Shona Siegel.
1: Saturday. Super stoked to be here. Um, it's an exciting Saturday. Mike, we have a return guest. Uh, I will bring him on right now. Live from, I'm going to guess, either his office or his basement for those of you not on YouTube, because <laughs> all podcasters are in their basements. Uh, but he's not a podcaster or a blogger. He is from Sportsnet 590, the Nick Kiprios, the Kipper and Born Show, the real Kipper. Nick Kiprios, Nick, how are you?
0: Jonah, good, buddy. How are you? Thanks for awesome. having me.
1: So this is a uh, a a special show for us today, Nick. Uh, We have made the switch from the world of Zoom over to the world of Google. Yeah, Um, everyone, no one really had heard of Zoom pre-pandemic. And uh, for a whole host of technical reasons, we've now made the pivot over to Zoom. Uh, I'm noticing the fidelity is much better, hoping the quality is good. But how are things with you? How are your family? What's new and exciting?
0: Well, uh everything's great. Thanks for asking. Uh life just gets quicker and quicker and I know we just briefly had a, a touch of a, a conversation on that uh, just prior to coming on uh and doing your show. Uh but it's fast and I'm just I'm paddling like hell. Um and that's basically what it is. Uh above water you want to look calm, cool and collected as they say about the duck, but underneath you're you're moving your feet as fast as you can. And it's been it's been good but it's been a more controlled environment for me uh meaning that uh i am back with sportsnet uh, we do have a national show from from uh from 5 to 6 right across the country on uh, on the major platform at sportsnet but it's not as hectic to the to the pace that i had prior uh uh leaving sportsnet in 2019 temporarily uh that one included of course hockey night in canada and uh and countless of nights uh, to working uh, long hours, but this one seems going uh, every second of it with uh, with Justin Bourne and Sammy McKee uh, on our daily uh, program.
1: It is uh, absolutely critical, in my opinion, and we've talked about this before, that there is variety in the marketplace for the audience. I'm not going to say the fan because that's in your company name, but it, it is like. There's good competition now. There's two shows, or well, there's multiple shows, but there's two shows that are on terrestrial radio, and then for idiots like me that stream all the time, um, there, there's lots of competition, and it's good to have a variety of shows and a variety of guests. Explain, you know, tell us how you, you've evolved. If we talked about your show previous to this year, it was clearly Maple Leaf centric. You did a lot of leaf talk. It feels like this year it has evolved a little bit. You're still leaf heavy, but you've certainly evolved beyond just that.
0: Yeah, no question about that. Uh, you know, again, uh, Sportsnet, the Fan 590 made a pivot uh, to really focus uh, on 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 local. So, uh, you know, they developed uh, a Raptor show uh, that's been terrific. Uh, Will's done an amazing job there. Um, Alex, uh the guy's Murph now. Uh, just if you're a Raptor fan, you know where to go. And uh, they they originally three years ago did the same thing for myself, Justin Bourne and Sammy McKee, where it was just, hey, uh, we're local and let's do the Toronto Maple Leafs for an hour. And we did that for two years. And uh, it was very popular. And just in terms of, uh, again, I mean, we have different shows out there. You mentioned the competitors, but where do you draw the line on, 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 10 minutes of the Leafs, 20 minutes of the Leafs, and then moving on to other subjects, we said, no, we're going to go one full hour on the Toronto Maple Leafs. And, and uh, the fans loved it. Uh, and that was great. Going into our third year, they did not want to take that away. So uh, we've gone from now uh, uh, the hours from three to five to four to six uh, with the decision from five to six to go national. And of course... Um, you can't do that on just the Toronto Maple Leafs alone. So in that second hour, uh, we, we kind of blanket the, the country and, and the rest of the league for that matter. And just the other day, we, uh, uh, we had Ian McIntyre on uh, for the first 20, 25 minutes, uh, in our five o'clock national segment, uh, talking Vancouver Canucks, which may, you know, I don't think anybody's arguing that's the, been the biggest story in the national hockey league this turnaround and recently announced uh, re-upping jimmy rutherford and we didn't really see uh, a future in that this time <laughs> probably last year with the decision of uh, bruce boudreau no bruce boudreau fire him don't fire him it was a it was a train wreck last year the turnaround's been phenomenal so just to bring it back to, to how we've handled it, we, we we spent the first 25 minutes. And, of course, we're in Vancouver market. We're in Calgary's market. So it's very important for us that we touch on those big stories, uh, you know, when when they present. So uh, it's been fun. Uh, it's been a, a fast-paced two hours. You know, uh, Jonah, when, when I started this show, I was like, I, can I – can I talk for two hours? I'm going to run <laughs> out of things to say. And I, I worried about that. And, uh, you know, from day one, I'm like, I don't think we got everything in. I, I thought we would. And, uh, it's, it's been so much fun ever since. And, you know, we just want to keep it, uh, uh, fun, uh, informative, uh, entertaining, whatever words you want to say to describe it. We just want to bring out the best of, uh, of our personalities over the course of two hours. And I can't tell you how much fun I'm having on that show.
1: Well, isn't that what it's all about is that, you know, you, you played a game that you loved, you made a career out of it, you made a living out of it. And yet now here you are X number of years later, and you've found a way to have fun in your second career. I mean, isn't that what you teach your kids?
0: It is. And I'll tell you something too. And I'm perfectly honest with anybody that asks me, uh, You know, when you compare TV to what we're doing today and it's just night and day, uh, TV's a different beast. It's, it's a short sprint where you got to get your thoughts out quickly. And you know, when you're in a panel and you only got three minutes, like if you told me Sammy McKeon and and Justin board, we all had three minutes to, to say what we, what we needed to say and then move on, it, it would be impossible. Absolutely impossible but this form now for me gives me the best opportunity for people to truly get to know me television in 20 years never did that and right now uh from your show to my show to anything in between it's just about the viewer the listener feeling like they're getting the real deal they're getting you you're you're your authentic uh and and you would sound no different if the cameras or the microphones were off. And that's why there's so much success now in the podcast world is because you're getting, you're getting raw sometimes authentic reaction from, from personalities that are are still very difficult to get through in a short span on television. And, uh, I, I truly feel like in the last three years, people have gotten to know me more, uh, since I've started this uh, new venture than at any point over 20 years of my career.
1: And Nick, how much more fun would your show with Doug have been? <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm being serious. Um,
0: you know, you know I, no, hang on, no, no, yeah.
1: hang on, let me finish. Sure. Forget the cameras, if you just had, if, if radio had evolved into streaming audio now, yeah, where you weren't cut down into the segments yeah. that you're cut down now.
0: Yeah, yeah. Listen, um, you know there was a there was a window there with Hockey Central at noon uh, with myself, Doug, and and. Uh, and Darren what's Millard, of course. Yeah. Good old, what's his name? You know what? What's, his name, in La- what's his name in Las Vegas? He, he's, he's in Vegas now. He's gone on to Stanley Cup championships. And I'm uh, a Darren
1: Millard fan. I'm just having
0: fun with him. You know, I mean, uh, he's, he's, uh, he, you know, he's hanging out with all the, yeah. the big stars. Uh, That's right. So uh, every once in a while, I have to remember. Uh, but we, we we were on the cusp of something there which was ahead of our time a little bit no no and, i just mean i just yeah. mean the i just yeah. mean the
1: format the format yeah, no, 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 has no. changed because as with television radio yes. 2 was very you've got news you've got updates you've got traffic yeah In what yeah. in your show now yeah. it's yeah. much more even flow nick it is but we, we
0: we were we were scratching the surface on on people coming to us and feeling like uh we're a little bit more relaxed we're a little bit more uh conversationalist instead of those uh those snippets of okay we're going to talk about the power play and you're going to go first and then you're going to go and then you're going to go it's like uh it's like uh that old uh i love lucy and i know i'm dating myself but where you got the the conveyor belt she's trying Uh to wrap the chocolates (laughs) that's the way television for the most part has been on a panel and you know, still today, you watch some some segments, and you're like, nah, that's not doing it for me right now." Uh, but but right? we we were we we had something going, and it it evolved into the podcast world. We were, I'll say this to anybody, uh, D- it, Darren Millard, Doug McLean, and myself on Hockey Central at noon uh, was really uh, the start of spitting chicklets before spitting chicklets was spitting chicklets. Yeah, my only point, Nick, is that radio has evolved
1: and benefited from podcasting because it has lost that same formality that TV also had. That's all.
0: Yeah, no, 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 no. for sure. And like, like, even when I first started three years ago, it was, it was to be presented as a podcast. We would go the first 45 minutes, uh, three years ago without a commercial break. That's my point. That was unheard of. That's my point. So, so to this day, I, I know I know we're on different platforms as you are now with your YouTube channel and, right. and downloadings and all of that, but we still present as a podcast. We're on national television now on, on Sportsnet, but uh, nothing about it suggests that uh, we're on TV. We have no cameramen. We really have no direction in terms of hitting breaks, or sometimes we can. If we have a hot topic, they're saying go with go, it. We'll, just we'll, go. We'll, right, we'll, we'll we'll break somewhere else down the road here. So uh, again, there's no turning back. Uh, we are in this world of uh, of podcasts, and uh, first and foremost, that's the way we see our show.
1: All right. So you said something very interesting. Vancouver Canucks, just down the highway or up the highway from where I am. Yeah. Uh, the Toronto Maple Leafs are there tonight. If ever there was an, a, an example, a case study that coaching matters in the National Hockey League, at least right now, it is that. And uh, a certain somebody's on the hot seat right now as his team is um, struggling. Has it ever been more evident to you, Nick, that coaching really makes a difference in the National Hockey League if you have the right
0: guy? Yeah, when I I was uh, 17, I would tell you that uh, the the main purpose of a coach was to open up the gate and and let us play. And now I'm 57, and uh, he is the general. He's the one that sets the tone. He's the one that uh, makes you believe in – certain ways and uh when he doesn't believe in you he's got to find different ways to to squeeze it out of you and i've known what's changed what's
1: changed you or what's changed have you matured is your viewpoint changed or has the game
0: changed no 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 my viewpoint i don't think it's been any different in any era and i know sometimes uh, we can look back and and say yeah that the players have changed and we were we were a lot Scareder of our head coach, we were a lot scareder of of consequence and repercussions for for doing stuff out on the ice, like throwing a pizza up the middle of the ice and having it come back and and end up in your own net. I mean, that stuff I knew that I, I I'm pretty well could have been done the rest of the night that I wasn't going to get another shift. And today I think it's a little differently, but. Uh, that's where you got a guy like Rick Tockett, uh, who, you know, isn't from the '60s or '70s. He's from the '90s. But you know, today kids would look at uh, our existence in the '90s and think of it like we thought of it in the '50s. So I, I get all of that, but uh, you know, Rick's old school, but he's not old school enough to find uh, to be smart enough to say that there's different different means or ways to get the same message across that I had when I played that there are consequences there are repercussions and he's just been better at it than other coaches and we've heard Sheldon Keef also, you know I, particularly in the last two or three weeks talk about accountability like really talking about it where that word's come out um, multiple times and the next thing you know we've seen uh, uh David Camp uh, a healthy scratch or john tavares play two minutes in the third period as we saw last week so uh now uh is is this a good time now to get that message across to turn around the toronto maple leafs or or is it uh maybe a little too late with now half the season uh gone already we'll, we'll have to see how this plays out but the Leafs aren't as bad as they have portrayed the last little while and in, in their best days this season, they were never as good, but uh, that's for Sheldon now to see how much he can squeeze out of them. But there's no question when it comes to maybe Rick talk or even Rick bonus. And I know Rick took a leave of absence for a little while, but it really stems for his calling out of the hockey club at the end of last season for accountability and, and stepping up, uh, these are hard messages for kids of today to, to listen to, but so far both those hockey clubs have had tremendous responses.
1: Hard to argue with a coaching change in Edmonton, then, right?
0: Yeah, um, uh, listen, uh, you go twenty-one and six, I think, since Knobloch came in. And I, how do you how do you say that that wasn't a great decision, a right decision? The one thing that uh, you know you got to remember too is is Despite, uh, you know, that horrific start of the season and I'm, listen, I, I'm, I'm, since I've been working with Justin Bourne, he has taught me more about analytics. Um, we sometimes have a segment, uh, where it's like, he'll throw out all these numbers to me and I'll go useful or useless. <laughs> uh-huh. And I've never spent more time trying to decide what side I'm on, on the numbers. But there was some really good, hard evidence for the Edmonton Oilers, despite their start, that they were trending in the right direction and it was only a matter of time before it was going to turn a little bit for them. So in that area, I believe uh, that was 100% true, that uh, better goaltending, better decisions, and this thing had a chance to really turn the other way. Um, Some other clubs can't say that for sure. Uh but Knobloch seems to have the right temperament, the right calmness uh, for that particular market at that particular time. And then a big equation in all of this is Paul Coffey, the ability to come in and and be Paul Coffey, one of the greatest defensemen in the history of the game, and uh, and go up to a Darnell Nurse and say, "Okay, it's okay to make a mistake. We want to limit them, and we want to." get you in a mindset where you start playing the percentages of your decisions, which one's high risk and which one's low risk. If we can start, uh, making better decisions, uh, you're going to be a better defenseman and we're going to start climbing up the ladder. And I think he's done that with uh, nurse and uh, Bouchard. I don't think Bouchard will ever win a Norris based on the way he, uh, he, uh, he looks in his own zone, but he still has the ability to put 60 points 70 points, maybe score 20 goals in the league. And uh, uh, those players don't come by very often. And Skinner's been so much better now that, uh, you know, that, uh, that Skinner, uh, you know, uh, situation uh, has been cleaned up with uh, uh, Campbell now out of the picture. So you've got
1: contemporaries in management positions now, and it's, absolutely every sport is a copycat everyone says our game's a copycat game all games are copycat games how many of your buddies do you think have itchy trigger fingers on their coaches as a result of a couple of teams who've made changes and and not only not just your contemporaries their bosses the owners are going what the hell what what are we doing here
0: yeah well first and foremost uh it's it's the I don't want to say the easiest decision because it's never an easy decision, but it's the one that can jolt your hockey club now uh, faster than anything else because of the lack of trades, the salary cap, like it's only cash for those guys. So it doesn't go against the salary cap uh, and you can bring somebody else, pay them whatever you want, and it doesn't affect you in any other way other than uh, coming into the dress room and, and having a new leader so it is in many ways uh the maybe one of the first places now uh owners will look because they understand that i can't trade this guy i can't trade this guy i'm locked into this guy this guy has a no move i want to move him but i can't there are no move uh clauses for coaches so uh it, it is it is an easier place to start and You know, the one thing that is consistent, though, when you fire a coach in any era at any time, is that, uh, as, as a, as a general manager or or a president, uh, as long as you hold that, that card, it, it, you, you, you you gotta be careful on how early you want to go to it, because if it doesn't work out, you know, you know, the next, uh, focal point will now be on you. So. You know, whether you feel that way about the Leafs or, you know, LA's struggling now and Todd McClellan's there and he's been around a long time. And he's also now in a position where people may be looking at, hey, what's wrong with the LA Kings? Is it coaching? But once you pull that trigger and it doesn't work, then the next set of eyeballs will be uh, higher up than the coach. And, and that sometimes uh, uh, plays into decision making on. Not if you sometimes do it when you do it.
1: Speaking of higher up in the hierarchy, last summer was one of the most interesting and bizarre scenarios I think either of us have ever seen in any sport
0: play out. The poker game between Kyle Dubas and Brendan yeah. Shanahan. Yeah, that was that was like reality television at its finest. Yeah, the curtains
1: were, were open and we got to watch. Yeah. So you've had some time to let things brew, distill. I have have two questions. First off, how much damage to the organization from a timing perspective was done? Like that really sucked. Like forget how good you think Tree Living is or the job that he's done from a timing perspective. He was put like no matter they could have bought in the greatest GM of all time. From a timing perspective, hands were tied behind the back pretty closely, weren't they? That's question one. And then question two, what the bleep do you think really happened?
0: Okay. Um let's uh let's answer the second question first. What really happened was a power play between Kyle Dubas and Brendan Shanahan. That's all. And it's not it's not anything we haven't seen before behind the scenes. This one got played out in front of us, as you said, in real time. Uh, uh, but this was just a negotiation at the end of the day. Daughter. That's all it was, is a guy who needed a new contract that uh, that came up with uh, a set of terms that were not met by Brendan Shanahan and, and, and the board. So you move on was and, it hang on
1: hang on, hang on. was and, uh, it so was it lack of trust lack of faith dislike
0: uh i wanted more power i didn't want you uh to have to run every thought and idea i had um to the board or to yourself i want to be in a position where i can make these decisions autonomously and i can, and I can do them quickly Okay. Uh, on top of the dollars. So, I mean, there's a few boxes Kyle wanted to check off to move forward is the Toronto Maple Leafs and Brendan didn't meet them. That's all it, it was. And that's, again, that's not any different than than what Jimmy Rutherford went through the other day with uh, Aquilini, right? Yep. Here, here, Here's, I want to sign a new three-year deal. Okay, this is what I need. Aquilini goes, check, check, check. Let's have a press conference. Uh, that's all.
1: Do you think Shanahan made the right move? And we'll come back to my my first my first question in a minute. Knowing what we know, did did Brendan make the right move saying I can't live Brendan or the board, whoever you think made the decision saying I can't live with this?
0: There's no question that Brendan did the best made the best decision for Brendan Shanahan. Like I'm the president. You're telling me that you were what you like, what are you asking, Kyle, that we be co-presidents now that, uh, that I'm not your boss, that you report to someone at the board. Now that's cutting me off at the knees here. Like I'm the president here. You're the general manager. So absolutely. He made the right decision for Brendan, but what about for the Maple Leafs? That that's a that's a different conversation, though. That is a different conversation we're having. If you're asking me at this point, does does Brendan Shanahan deserve to be running the Toronto Maple Leafs? Has he done enough to keep going? No, that, no. My my question is conversation. No, no. We, we'll get there. My first question is, Brendan
1: Brendan Shanahan's number one job, yeah, is to, is to bring a parade, Loewicky yeah. style, to the Toronto Maple Leafs. Yeah. Did he do that in letting Kyle Dubas go or firing him essentially?
0: I, I am I am a belief that there was strong evidence to suggest that Kyle should have been fired a year ago before okay. that. So, if you're asking me, uh do I believe that the Leafs would be in better shape right now if Kyle stayed and had more autonomy? 100% no in okay. my opinion. Thank you. Okay. That wasn't so difficult. No, not at all. <laughs> you know, there's just different ways to get to the same that's answer, right? right? Okay, um, yeah. But like, you know, again, I, I don't know where where the conversation wants to go. But uh, look at the look at what he left Brad Tree living. Like, well,
1: that's question two.
0: Okay, that's that's my all point. you that's all you need to know is whether or not you, you believe that Kyle Dubas should have stayed, and the Leafs would have been in better shape. Look at the shape he left them in.
1: so part of my question then was it's hard to really evaluate tree living now he's made some
0: boneheaded mistakes okay hold on for a second okay yeah he's missed on a couple okay but under the circumstances the lack of cash uh what klingberg okay um yes not great but one-year deal four million yeah that was just like throw it on the the wall let's see if it sticks uh max domi's been good one-year deal minimal Bertuzzi, okay hasn't been great can he still have a back half of the season he looks more like a top six possibility but one-year deal these these are deals they're not they're not killers they're not no no They're not killer Uh, bad deals. They're just deals that haven't not worked out. That's all.
1: Yeah, my point was, again, he's made some boneheaded moves, but he was pretty handcuffed given time, if nothing else, given timing. This happened to a guy. When did he start, right? Like, this all happened very late, and he had to come in and deal with the Matthews stuff. Yes it was shitty like let's just call yeah. it what it is it was really shitty oh
0: no When, the, it's, when the... it's getting shittier okay because right. now because now you're at a fork in the road and it's like okay are, are we thinking we're in this thing or are we not and if we're not uh or if we are what do i have to work with here what am i what, what where are the expectations now People really believe I'm going to go get two grade A defensemen now to shore up this blue line. Really? Have you taken a look at the cupboard and what Kyle Dubas left me with? How am I supposed to do that? Where is my goalie situation? Where is John Tavares as a second line centerman in the back half of the season? There are some major, major um, question marks for Brad Tree living in, in this back half of the season. So I think. In the next two weeks, they gotta really take a good look in the mirror and say, Okay, what are we here? Do we are we are we fooling people here to thinking that we can compete this year, or else, you know, or do we have to make some sound decisions here so we don't completely blow this thing up in the next five or ten years? So if I were talking to a radio show host and (laughs) NHL trade
1: deadline came along and the maple leafs stood pat that would be a ratings bonanza for me
0: <laughs> no um that's i do believe that if you were to uh think that you might even still give up a first round or you got to give it up for for somebody that's going to be around for the next two or three years on the blue line like the days of of the leafs trading for Bellino or or McCabe. Well, McCabe McCabe had a good contract, so I'll exclude him here. But uh, Ryan O'Reilly to me was a disaster beyond belief. That you would make a trade for a guy like that, uh, bring him home, make him a, a Leaf, a former captain, a Conn Smythe winner, and you had no reassurance he was going to stay with you moving forward on a two or three year deal. To me, that that cannot happen at the trade deadline. Those that that. Those days are over, but if you want to talk about giving up a first rounder uh, and and feeling like Chris Tannum's the guy, you better make sure he's under contract ASAP because uh, the, the damage that uh, that those first and second rounders gone in the last few years, like I said, is uh, is something that can can haunt you for the next five or ten years. So above
1: tree living is an interesting group of characters, starting with Brendan. What's this year? Eight, nine of his
0: tenure? Yeah, they're closing on 10 for sure. Um, I said this on our show the other day, you know, he's gone the length of his tenure here with the Leafs on plan A. He has not yet pivoted to a plan B, a retool, a reset, uh, a blow up. The only question that, that is still out there, depending on what kind of season, uh, concludes is, does he get a chance to go back to the board and say, I can still do this. I can still fix this. I got a new plan. Generally coach or general managers and, and presidents at some point, Jonah, they do get a second chance. I'm wondering where Brendan's is.
1: So if Edward Rogers, Jr. called you as unlikely as that might be, <laughs> uh, very unlikely and said, Nick, what should we do here? Yeah, not, not should we hire or fire Brendan? Let's not have that discussion. Yeah, but I think you'd agree. The, the the recent signing of 34 pretty damn good work he's the best player in my probably the best player in my lifetime that they've had easily top two or three they've got him locked up for a long time yeah yeah listen uh, so, so so from a pers- player perspective no. forget coaching forget management forget that what would nick kiprios do to the roster what so yeah. what would you do
0: well um I' I've, I've, I've had this philosophy the last few years that uh is much like a lot of others and sometimes you know if it uh if it's as noticeable as uh, anything out there it doesn't mean it's the wrong decision um, but I've never believed that uh, uh the the core four uh with all the money up front and not not necessarily just whether or not I believe in these guys or not, that's again, a different conversation, but I just never liked all that money into four forwards and limited your back end. I am a believer that you win Stanley cups from the net on out. Uh, You have to defend to me, winning cups means defending Sheldon. If you've even listened to his comments in the last week, still wants to out, done you he talks about scoring four or five goals and getting the next goal on two different occasions this last week we've heard from sheldon keith saying it's tough to win 2-1 and <laughs> i'm not of that belief i am of the belief that you can win games 2-1 you can have that mentality that two goals is enough and coincidentally the team i think uh they're uh, or th- i know they're playing tonight uh, won a game the other night against Arizona, two-one. They didn't look great. They've got tremendous talent. We've got uh, Miller, top scorer. Uh, Petey's in the in the running for an MVP. Quinn Hughes looks like McCarr on on a lot of nights, but they found a way to win two-one. And uh, that's to me is is the missing element for the Leafs. Is they don't defend. They don't. Uh, know on a consistent basis where to stand at the right time at the right uh, sp- uh, spot in the most critical time in, in the hockey game. Now, they closed the door on Calgary uh, the other night, protecting a lead. Can, can they bring that into the equation here?
1: Consistently uh,
0: moving, th- consistently. And just to kind of circle back, like, Morgan Riley, that blue line, Muzzin going down. Muzzin in his heyday was very good for the Toronto Maple Leafs when he was healthy and he was shutting guys down. They have not replaced him, nor has there been any money to replace him with. So I that, that, that would be my suggestion to Edward, is get a better balance in your roster, get a better chance to have a, a consistent look. So you were not
1: uh, a finesse player mitch marner you were not
0: (laughs) you noticed
1: (laughs) the other night lots of controversy and actually a lot of controversy on this side of the border on the connor bedard incident and i got a lot of calls from friends older guys and gals saying back when nick kiprios played that guy have got the snot kicked out of him for hitting bedard yeah and uh, your old buddy, Luke Richardson, after the game said, hey, that was a clean hit. Yeah. So so what's your take? Should, you know, we don't have the Dave Semenkos anymore
0: yeah. on the
1: roster because you can't. Ryan Reeves isn't, I don't even know where the hell the guy is anymore, but you can't have that type of player anymore. That was a cleanish hit. Unfortunate, yeah. you don't want the stars of the game out there. Yeah. Do you... Quarterbacks get hit; it happens, yeah. right? Like, yeah. We I watched a lot more college football this year. I watched a lot of NFL football. These guys get hit; it happens. They are the stars yeah. of the game. Are we living in an era where stars do take hits? I mean, there's not a lot of hitting in hockey, but
0: yeah. Well, you're you're not scared to take a run at uh anyone, and in my area, you were right. You knew that if you were gonna take a run at gretzky gretzky over his career probably had three major hits on him Four, like it's like it was like you know the olympics one every four years right you know it was like you were petrified because you knew the repercussions and today that's not the case and i get it it's evolved and we don't have those type of personalities out there and and I'm not a believer that you have to fight after uh, a big check, uh, but I am a believer of, of you guys decide, right? Decide whatever you want on how you want to react, but no reaction is the worst thing if I was a coach, right? Nothing apathy or just the maple leaf moving on. No response is not acceptable on my hockey clubs. So you guys decide how you want to answer it. If, if fighting right away is, then I'd rather have that than nothing. If it's scoring a power play goal, I'd rather have that. If it's nothing, if it's going after their best player on a clean check, I'd rather have that than nothing. If it's a scrum where you tell somebody, I'm gonna get you. I don't care if I have if it's the next shift or I need to I need to do it next year or the year after, you are gonna pay for this. Whatever it is, it just needs to be something and nothing is unacceptable.
1: That's actually a really good answer. Uh thank you. I could have taken that in a lot of good, a lot of different places, but I think your answer is actually smart.
0: And oh, uh, yeah, it's, it's like, okay, fighting to me sometimes is, is, and has been over the course of history sometimes really overrated. And that's coming from a guy that did it and 1200 penalty minutes. Well, to me, the, the to me, to the, du- the,
1: the, dumb, but, the, to me, the dumbest
0: thing is the staged fight. The game yes. begins, nothing's well, happened, yeah. two the, guys drop the gloves. That's just and it was, with no with no emotion. It has I mean. to come with passion and emotion for it to have a substantial uh effect on your hockey club, right? And the way
1: the Wade Belak articles, the things that I read about the poor guy being petrified the night, not being able to sleep the yeah. night before, yeah. knowing he was gonna have to fight a guy the next night. To me is the most ridiculous yeah. thing I've it's it's awful. And and I am not anti-fighting. Now, awful. If, if a guy goes and hits Steven Stamkos from behind dirty, I want Wade Black to go beat the living pulp out of him. I want that out of the game. Yeah. But that that stage fight to me yeah. is so stupid.
0: Listen, like people still want to take the one incident that we rarely see in today's game and still blow it up. And uh, I know we had the, the interesting thing uh, a few weeks back with uh, Ryan Hartman, um, you know, going after uh, an innocent player and Perfetti in Winnipeg to pay uh, the price for a a hit that had nothing to do with him. And uh, uh, again, um, to me, it's, it's, it's about uh, a message that you're sending that those things are unacceptable. And it's up to the players to decide how to do that. Correct. But there is, there is emotion in that. There is effect in that, that not only uh, resonates on your bench, but your fan base and how they feel about their team and other teams taking liberties. And again, this is your game. You're on the ice. I'm not on the ice. I'm on my couch at home or I'm in the studio It's not for me to decide. It's about you guys in that situation to make a decision on what's best for your team, your, 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 your pride, your emotion, all of it comes into play. And again, if, if, if you need to take a number, take a number. If you need to now send a message to say, you want to run our best player, I'm going after your best player. And just see what that does to a hockey club, physically, mentally, emotionally, spiritually, right? That's all comes into play here on, on who ends up winning a best of seven in game five, six, or seven. Those things, they, they, they grow and that's the beauty of our game. It's live and it's played out right in front of us. And, uh, it doesn't have to be a fight right away. Oh, but it cannot be nothing so i remember
1: va- i remember vividly hearing the words from the oshawa generals the philadelphia flyers select eric Lindros, and him not putting on the jersey a little ironic when you hear that they have to trade away a guy that doesn't want to be a philadelphia flyer what do you
0: think happened there uh i know uh there's been so much play on uh And then the emotion of, uh, the hockey club and their reaction and so many people, especially in our world where there's bloggers and there's us and everybody else in between. And it's like, just not good enough that a guy says, "Eh, I don't want to play in Philadelphia. We got to find out why. Is that what it is? But
1: I can accept that. Do you think that's what
0: it, simple? Listen, it's that simple. Okay. He does not want to play in Philadelphia now. You want to go f- try to find an answer. You want to be a conspiracy theorist and 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 uh, point the finger at Kevin Hayes uh, and and uh, as someone that that poisoned a prospect into not signing there. Are you kidding me right now? You really think that that's the reason that the kid does not want to go to Philadelphia because he was so excited when he got drafted, but yet. Kevin Hayes told him something different and now he doesn't want to sign. That's all we do when we get together is we bitch and complain about why we're not successful on our respected hockey club. This well, coach is screwing me. I don't get enough ice time. This guy doesn't play young players. It happens every day for the last 80 years. But because it didn't work out for Kevin Hayes in Philadelphia doesn't mean it's not going to work out for somebody else. This was the kid's decision, a family decision. He might maybe he hate maybe he, he hates Tortorella. Maybe he hates rocky movies. I mean cheese whatever steaks. the cheesesteaks, whatever the case is, if this guy doesn't want to sign what does it mean in terms of rules and regulations? And when do we need to trade them? How long can we keep them? What's the compensation? All of it just not, oh, uh, our feelings are hurt and we're taking this personally. I, I don't understand uh, the flyer's reaction to it. The the man has rights. And one of those rights is he doesn't have to sign if he doesn't want to. Uh, where this thing kind of got ugly for me and I'm a big Keith Jones fan and Daniel Briere's the salt of the earth. But I think, uh, I think their overreaction to it really poured gasoline on the fire here. And, you know, this could have been easily, uh, uh, a situation where you make the trade for, uh, Drysdale and, you just say we got a heck of a defenseman right now. It cost us a, a great prospect, and and you and you could have easily moved on, um, you know. And and to me, it was just a little bit of an overreaction that kind of fed this beast. Trust me when I say this. He's not the first player that doesn't want to sign with a team, and he won't be the last. This has happened a lot behind the scenes, and uh, but this one got played out publicly.
1: So. Pulling a 180, coming back to the leafs, you said you don't necessarily believe in the core four. Two of them just no, signed uh
0: I you know, I said that I don't believe in, in the money in four No, four no, 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 I no no. <laughs> I agree. I, I, I agreed. You didn't name names. I'm gonna
1: name names. Yeah. Two of them two of them just signed long term yeah. deals with long no movement clauses, and I will go on the record saying that no movement clauses should not be allowed. It you should be allowed one per team, maybe, but different conversation. That leaves two and if yeah. Brad tree living, Brendan Shanahan, Edward Rogers are going to do something, well, the other two have expiring contracts coming up. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Well, there's only one. There's not two. It's right. Mitch Marner.
1: Can you actually see a world where Matthews is on the Leafs without Marner?
0: Yes. Yeah, I can.
1: And do you think, do you think Kyle could have ever seen that world, or we're now at that place because? Listen, Kyle's we're, not there. We're,
0: we're still not sure if Brendan can see that world, right? Because, listen, Brendan's the man in charge here. He has to stamp on every. As the president, these are your signings. They are your no movement clause. So it's up to Brendan now to decide if this thing goes south the rest of the season. Uh, and he's, and he's still the guy moving forward here. How do I, how do I change it up? Where do I go? Who's got the most value? It's not even close right now. Who could bring a boatload back for you? It's Mitch Marner. And just look no further than the Winnipeg Jets. Pierre-Luc Dubois on a, on a, the year that he's going to become a, a free agent brings back significant pieces that made them so much stronger. And he and, and Marner's way better than Pierre-Luc Dubois. So it's not hard to figure out if you really want to change things up. Mitch Marner's the only one that can do it for you.
1: It has been said to me by no, many smart people in the Toronto community that the Kyle Dubas divorce would not have played out the way it played out if a Keith Pelly had been in place at the time. Keith Pelly is now in place. Well, he's not there yet, yeah. but he's been hired. Do you think that changes things for Brendan Shanahan?
0: 100%. And it changes it for Messiah on the Raptors. 100%. They've got a new boss now.
1: And what effect do you think that has on your previous comment?
0: Uh, I, I I think uh, again, uh, depending on how this season plays out, that's where Keith Pelley comes in and 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 runs uh, an analysis on on this season, three seasons ago, five seasons ago. I mean he he goes through he goes through the last. Run of Brendan Shanahan, and he has to decide if Brendan's the guy moving forward or not. That's what I that's mean, what that's what happens. To, that's if what I, will happen if if uh if the Leafs go quietly this season. But isn't what you're saying? And I,
1: and I happen to agree with you, by the way, they have 15 regular time wins right now. Is that right? 14, 15 regular, uh,
0: it's probably 16 with the Calgary game. Okay. I thought it was 14 then plus one
1: is 15, but you might be better. Whatever. It yeah. ain't a lot. It's not much.
0: If we agree. Oh, no, you know, I think you're right. I think, yeah, I think they were at 13, maybe right. 14. Whatever. We are in the ballpark. Whatever.
1: It's somewhere between, it's either 15 or 16.
0: <laughs> it ain't good.
1: We'll agree yeah. that it's not, it's not impressive.
0: Yeah. We, um, we, know, we know it's more, cl- it's closer to Ottawa and Montreal than it is Boston and correct. Florida. How's it's that? Not,
1: how, it's not elite. For a team that should be elite, it's not elite. And if we agree, the tree living is sitting there going, "Wait a minute, I'm not about to put all my chips into the trade deadline because I don't believe." Aren't our expectations already set for what this season? Like, our goaltending is a mess. This is him them speaking. Like their goaltending is a mess. Wall may or may not come back and be the, the next coming. But whatever. The, the only reason they have what they have is that the current third goalie has stood on his head. Yeah, Without that move, it's a bleeping disaster. But you get what you get, so fine. But how much does this season's results really matter if the GM is already saying, slow down your expectations, boys. I'm not ready to go all in. I want to see if these guys sure. actually have it
0: um yeah i think as a as brad tree living moving forward if he's got the attitude that he may not push his chips in at the trade deadline as you're suggesting then the scenario in brad's head is what are the consequences to a quiet season this year right yep and and th- that goes with Brendan Shanahan too. So now we've got a new boss coming in April, right? And I think there's going to there th- th- there needs to be at least a couple of conversations. I think between Brendan and Keith, or 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 Brad and and Brendan, to say you know if we go down this path. Are, are we okay moving forward here? Because we've seen in the past, Jonah, where uh, general managers have pushed chips into a trade deadline knowing I'm out of here if it doesn't work. I don't right. care what the next guy is looking at in three or four years because I'm not going to be here anyways. Right. And that's factual. So... Where is Brendan and Brad in their mentality of are, 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 are we trying to save our jobs here or do we have jobs if we if we don't push all our chips in? So I, I don't know how they decide, but they probably need to answer that question for themselves on 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 on, on what the outcome is if brendan if Brendan shanahan, feels like he's got job security then it might be a different picture on on what type of action lee fans can expect at the trade deadline how's that all right that's great in nick kiprios's mind is brendan shanahan a job security guy uh i'd say i i don't think anybody should feel safe with uh, a new Uh, CEO coming in 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 Keith Belly. I'm going to ask
1: the question again. Is the Brendan Shanahan that you know the type of guy who worries about that or is worried about that nearly 10 years in?
0: Uh, No. No. He's not. Brendan Shanahan uh, is a very confident guy and he's made a lot of money and I don't think you'll ever... Paying a a Brennan Shanahan in a corner. Right. And
1: tree living, I would imagine, is probably equally as confident in his own abilities and situation, given he was not out at work for very long. And if he got gonged here, he's got a lot of money and he would probably get another job very quickly.
0: Uh, Brad is a very intelligent guy. And I would have thought that he's played a number of scenarios out when he joined the Toronto Maple Leafs, including... Okay, where's this team this year? Where do I see it in three years? Right. So um I, I don't think he's 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 shocked that they aren't considered uh one of the top teams right now in the in the National Hockey League. So I, I think he's he's weighed out a couple of scenarios and maybe maybe he's had a uh maybe he's been reassured by somebody above him that You know, we're not signing you to let you go in two years. Right. Put it that way. Okay.
1: Last question. When Mitch Marner speaks the way he does after losses. Yeah. It's, it's, it's nails on a chalkboard for me.
0: (laughs) Yeah, I know. I know. And listen, I, I'll never apologize for being a Mitch Marner fan. I, I got to coached this, uh, this kid, uh, who was smaller than everyone else in a prospects game when he was like 15 years old. And, uh, I saw the heart of a lion out there. Uh, and, uh, there's no question that, uh, he's had a tremendous career also regarded one of the best Leafs in history with the, the numbers that he's pushed, put, put up, um, but in saying that I didn't like what he said the other night too. And I'd be the first one to tell him or anyone else that, uh, but it comes from a, a level of frustration and, uh, you know, he's just, he can't bring that much emotion, uh, uh, to a microphone after a game. And, uh, you know, he's, he's been through a lot. There's no question. He's been through a lot through the media. And, uh, you know, a lot of things have happened, including as we know, being held at gunpoint. I mean, uh, it, it, as much as the money's great for him, uh, it, it hasn't been great, uh, sometimes, uh, outside of the rink. So, uh, I, I get sometimes the frustration, but he's got to take a deep breath and, uh, he's got to choose his words wisely. So my question
1: <laughs> is, do you think, cause these guys all get training, they get it from the league, they get it from the team, they get it from the agent. Do you think he just doesn't listen?
0: I'm not so sure about the, uh, the training, to be honest with you. Oh, really? Yeah. I, 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 I again, I, I don't, he doesn't strike me as a, 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 uncoachable kid. When you're coachable, you're coachable everywhere. And I, I don't, I'm not sure. I'm not sure what they're doing to him. And, you know, I mean. I know they got a PR department there, but I personally think that they can do a heck of a better job.
1: Well, that's, that's shocking and disappointing. I would think that those guys, especially two of them, all of them would be getting both from the league, the union, their yeah. agents, yeah, access to somebody that could help them prevent situations like that.
0: I would think so too, but I don't get that impression. And maybe I'm wrong, but I do not get that impression.
1: Well, it's uh it's been a hell of a ride so far. We're only sitting here on January twentieth, and what we got a month and change till the death like it was funny. The Leafs are here Sunday. When the Leafs came last time, I was at the Springsteen concert the night before, and the Euro the Euros were literally five rows in front of me having a great time. Until the next morning, I think three of them got traded, and it was quite the scene. Just before the deadline, we're not at the deadline yet, but here we sit. Be an interesting game tonight. Interesting game tomorrow. Not many games left before the deadline. I, I'm one of the few who's taken a lot of interest in the fact that the talking heads seem to be suggesting that Brad has put the brakes on, putting all of his chips in. It's good to see you. It's awesome to have you.
0: Hope we can yeah, do it again. Yeah, it'll Certainly. it'll. It'll be an interesting finish here. Like I said, a uh, bit of a fork in the road right now for the Toronto Maple Leafs. Can they string a few games uh, together here and get themselves back on track? And or are we having a different conversation again in a, in a week or two in terms of uh, being a sales uh, a salesman uh, at the trade deadline? Fun times either way, though, right? You can hear Nick on your
1: radio dial, on your podcast dial, on your streaming dial, and on your TV. Are you still selling the the booze i see the booze over your over your shoulder
0: (laughs) oh yeah little buddha's still there uh uh, where can people find
1: where can people find it
0: uh right now uh we're in a bit of a transition period uh with little buddha but uh we're hoping to get going again in the fall uh but it's in the us it's in the bahamas uh we got a little bit of uh little buddha out west in in calgary so uh you know uh It's, it's been a wonderful ride, a wonderful learning experience, uh, in the beverage industry.
1: Well, it's, as I said, it's your show's fantastic. It's a lot of fun to listen to. It's a great, uh, we have a yin and a yang, if you will. We have two really good programs (laughs) and I will say this, it's, it's awesome that you guys hold everybody accountable and that is, that is unique sometimes in the marketplace. There's a lot of people that like to sing praise all the time and life isn't always, uh, what do they say? Gumdrops and lollipops. And uh, that is a breath of fresh air. So to you and your team, thank you. And thank you for doing this. And I hope we can have you again in the press row.
0: Enjoyed it. Thank you. Thank you for listening to Believe.